better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT. I'm Joey. Guys, welcome. Today we are talking about how to get stronger grips for BJJ. Now, this is a common question. People are commonly say, oh, I'm rolling and people always break my grips or I can't stay hanging on to the gi or I'm rolling and my, my grips gas out. And uh, there's a few pieces to the puzzle as to how you can actually get greater grip strength. And we're going to break it down for you. First cab off the rank, I'm going to say this is people tend to overgrip when they first start BJJ. Like one of the problems, you may have even found it yourself, your first tournament, your first roll, adrenaline hits and grips pump out. It's just like, ah, oh, so much stress and, and, and just gripping way harder than you need to. And that over time, as you get better at jiu-jitsu, you develop a degree of efficiency. You know where you need to just kind of keep your hand like cupped in the shoulder or you know, okay, now I've got to go. I've got to grip like hell. And getting better at your kind of grip selection, like grip management. grip management in a way, yeah, comes as you start getting better at rolling. So oftentimes when people are struggling with their grip, when they first start BJJ, when they're a white belt, and even when they're a blue belt, they're just coming with that furious death grip. And it actually doesn't add to their jujitsu at all. I just thought I would introduce that first to say, hey, what might be bringing you undone before we start talking about getting stronger is let's be a bit more efficient. Let's like, let's let's address that because your coach might even be saying to you, hey, you need to just <laughs> dial it down a little bit. You're going a bit over the top with the grip and that can be affecting grip strength. What do you think about the very grip heavy guards? So if you're if you're... You know, trying to learn spider guard. Yes. Something like that or, you know, um, uh, what's that one? Fucking two feet on the collar, you know. Yeah, like collar sleeve. Collar yeah, sleeve. Like, yeah. it's, like that, all, that stuff there I find sometimes, and maybe it's just on a certain day where I'm a bit fatigued or the grips are a bit cooked, but some days I give them a try and then I'm like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. Today. <laughs> well, I, I think we could compare it to some people with some of the strongest grips on the planet are, are rock climbers. And in rock climbing, when they're breaking down certain holds and stuff, they talk about different levels of crimp. Like a full crimp is where you can pretty much close your hand almost around a grip. And then like a half crimp, quarter crimp, one-eighth crimp, you see them just, you know, using their pinky fingers. Right. Just nothing. And really spider guard is like, a, like that grip where you're kind of curling the fingers over into the cuff um, or even the cuff of the pants, almost like a quarter crimp. That's not where you should start. You know, like if you if you thought of somebody as a beginner, like it's advanced. It is advanced, right? And even though it's cool, it's 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 cool game. If you haven't mastered just being able to like hold on to a lapel, or if you haven't kind of gotten on top of being able to have fully close your hand and and manipulate that, allowing it to go to the extremities of your fingers is a nightmare. Like you're asking for injury, yeah. Because connective tissues, like you know, your hand and your fingers, it's. It's mainly connective tissue, really. Um, they take ages to get stronger. What I'd say to that is that, I mean, obviously, if you've done jiu-jitsu for a while, you love spider guard, that's cool. But we all know those photos of those people with the completely jacked fingers from playing a lot of spider guard. It's very taxing on the joints. You're going to end up in arthritic mess. So how do we actually improve our grips? One of the first things I would say relevant to that, guys, 
is a lot of people when they're lifting use straps. You know, you see that a lot. And cool, because it's like, oh, I'm really getting into my lifting. Look so I went up. to the sports store and bought straps. Got some straps. Maybe even some gloves. Oh, the amount of guys, <laughs> I hate to say it, guys, but at the start of the year, I, uh, I joined a 24-7 gym because I had a bench. He's even got the little um, <laughs> the little key code, like barcode plastic thing on his keys. I do, it's yeah. true. It's, it's a little bit embarrassing. It's a, it's a posture. You do, it, man. There's my keys. Check me out. <laughs> if I lose it, it costs me $200. I don't know why. Um, but you see people at, at 24-7 gyms with wrist wraps, belts. They've Serious. Got, they've got weightlifting shoes. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're doing bicep curls. Yeah, you know, like, in the squat rack. Yeah, they're doing nothing that is <laughs> going to get them stronger and nothing that requires them to have these accessories, but people have them. And uh, the thing that I got actually from, from my coach when I was trying to get better, he would make me – he wouldn't let me deadlift any heavier than I could hold double overhand. Oh, wow. So – no mixing grips. No mixed grip, torque grip. If you yeah. guys are familiar, you, you have one pronated hand, p- palm facing you, and then one supinated hand facing out, torque grip or mixed grip. This is actually stronger. You know, it's 20, 20%, maybe more stronger for your deadlift. It enables you to pick up heavier weight. But when he was helping me get stronger with my grip, he's like, no, nah, you have to get better at double overhand, which is actually much harder. And if you want to take that a step further and, and make your grip weaker, double supinated grip is, is so... Hello, bicep tendon. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so rough. And um, the thing that really gets your connective tissue strong is time under tension. So after doing a very grip-centric uh, session, I would have to finish with a five-minute farmer's walk carry. And whatever weight I picked up, two kettlebells or handles, I couldn't put it down for five minutes. And that was wow, rough. I mean, did you get to the point where you, where you had to put it down sometimes? Um, well, no, I, I wasn't allowed to use a weight that I couldn't keep. Right. For more or less the five minutes. Yeah. But yeah, I got in a short matter of time, um, I found my, my grips got a lot stronger from that time under tension because that's what builds up the strength in your connective tissues. And I think a lot of people out there, they love jujitsu and they're like, oh, I'm getting into all the new game and doing different stuff. Oh, I want to play open guard. I want to play spider guard. But they haven't done the requisite work to build the grip, to spend time. Because basically, guys, it's uncomfortable. Your forearms get like sore, your hands get uncomfortable. But that time under tension thing, whether you're doing it, because you can do it through a farmer's walk carry, but one way that we do it through the program is through hanging. And I know that you're, you're quite the fan of uh, hanging yourself, Joe. Yeah, I really like hanging. I guess it's got a couple of the other added benefit of decompressing the spine and opening the shoulders and stretching the arms and the torso out. But yeah, hanging is a real easy one, isn't it? And, and it's interesting. It seems like quite an innocuous exercise. I think it's in phase one of our uh, foundation strength program and it's like you know do three sets of hanging for for one minute and you know do some um, an ab exercise and people constantly text me going man like i thought i was pretty strong but that hanging kicks my fucking ass (laughs) it does like one guy the other day was like bro i'm like pretty good at jujitsu but i can't hang for more than 10 seconds yeah and and there's a lot of things there could be the grip it could be the shoulder mobility Mm. you know it could be like pec mobility like there's just so much in it so, uh, yeah, I really like it. It's very simple. Yeah, and various stages of hanging, right? Like chest to bar is a totally different kettle of fish to like a, an active hang but having your arms extended. Yeah, like arms in a flexed position and keeping that is so much more intense for the whole arm and the core as much as, as your grip. Yeah. 
The towel hang? Oh, <laughs> that's fucking killer. Yeah, I, I definitely, because uh, I used to do a bit of gi grip pull-ups. You know, we see it all the time. Guys throw a gi over the uh, pull-up bar. And it, yeah, it's harder. But guys, very simple. Um, if you have no idea about um, the towel grips, you basically take two kind of bathroom towels, like smaller towels, um, it, you know, and you loop them over the bar so you have one towel in each hand folded in half and you hold on to those bad boys. I mean, hanging's tough, but you try and do pull-ups with that. Even though I'm, I have some experience with it, I've done it a fair bit, my forearms are always cooked after that. Mm. It's, it's a different kind of intensity. You're also slipping a little bit. Yeah. So you've got to grip that little bit of Constantly bit losing the grip. And that's very similar to jiu-jitsu. This is where I'm going to flip modes because I had actually had somebody uh, message me the other day. Um, they had one of the kind of plastic gripper you know, like kind of coil spring, just you can pump it like a million times. Oh, right. You know, like an old school grip developer. Like a Captains of Crush, but not a but Captains kind of, of Crush. But kind of weak game. Yeah. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> the, the, the cheap. Everyone can play. Crap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Captains of crap. But <laughs> it's funny because he's like, oh, what do you reckon, bro? I'm, I'm just doing these in the car. And I was like, give them to your daughter. <laughs> like, don't, don't compare that. Because like the thing is, guys, like I've, I think the best, I never fully closed a two. So they have these different grades. The captains of Crush are these kind of world-class, super hard grippers. They're the old school, like, you know, handle, two metal handles that are joined by the spring in the middle. And they're very tough. Ridiculously tough. It's so tough. And, you know, world-class, I think there's only been three people in the history of the world to close a four. Or come close. Even super strong guys can't do it. And it's maximal strength. And this is where it gets a little bit different, guys, because a lot of you out there are probably training uh, your strength endurance, which is good. You know, you're just trying to grip for longer, whether you're hanging or you're doing the farmer's walk carries like I was talking about. But it's very rare that we train our maximal grip, like our ability to close our grip and hold it as hard as we can for a short period of time. This is something that does need to get developed. And it can be developed through a bottoms-up press, which is actually one of our standards in the new standards program, because if you don't keep that grip crushed as hard as possible, the kettlebell is just going to fall sideways and it's going to bang your wrist or bang your face, depending. You know, a, a heavier deadlift, so working as hard as you can with your grip to just keep that thing in your hands for one, two or three reps. And then, you know, there's a few different ways that you can train your grip maximally. And most people I know in jiu-jitsu don't actually do any work on their grips other than train jiu-jitsu. Can you break down what those sort of main categories are of grip strength? Yeah. I think the simplest way we can put it, guys, if we looked at it as we said like maximal, like your big, strong 1RM type heavy deadlift type movement where you just hold as hard as you can for a short period of time. Captains of crush, as hard as you can squeeze. You're talking like four to 10 seconds kind of thing? Maximal. Yep. Then the in-between which is not hypertrophy, but you're, we're looking at more like, say, grip power, you might say. So this is repeated gripping. So climbing is an example. Rope climbing is a really good example of that. Yep. Joe is a fan of the rope climb, and as much as I hate to admit it, possibly better than me at rope climbing, but it's also because he's skinny. Sorry, man, I zoned out for a sec. What did you just say? <laughs> I, I said nothing. <laughs> uh, for those of you out there, you might have a rope at your gym or you might have seen wrestlers do it all the time. A rope climb is a perfect example of gripping power. It's right. grip, release, grip, release, incorporated usually into pulling. So some people, they might be pulling a sled on yep. a rope 
or they might be climbing a rope or um, kettlebell juggling. Kettlebell juggling. Not that we do that, but it's kind of up there, yeah. isn't it? Oh, no, I, I mess with it sometimes, like for a bit of fun. But yeah, you grip, release, grip, release. And then the third category would be uh, grip, like strength endurance. Right. And that is doing your, your minute, two-minute hangs, farmer's walk carries, like keeping your grip closed as long as you can until you kind of can't. That's like the cardio equivalent of grip training. Yes, that, I think that is a very good analogy. And so for folks listening... If they're looking at those three sort of different styles, is one of them more important for jiu-jitsu than the other um, or better? No, I, I think it's uh, looking at uh, deficiencies in a, in a person's game. So if somebody just their grips blow out super quickly, they have no grip endurance at all, then that's actually probably a good place for them to start. It's like a low barrier to entry. So you're saying you want all three? You do. Yeah. You definitely do. And if you train enough jiu-jitsu you're going to have a good amount of uh, strength endurance. You know, if you, yeah. sorry, gi or no gi. I mean, definitely the gi is very much more grip heavy. But essentially, if you're rolling, you know, three to five times a week, you're covered for grip endurance. Yeah. So then you have to have a look at gripping power. And, and that's probably more where training judo, like repeated grips, people breaking your grips, take another grip, like that, that's where it's more stand up and gripping forcefully repeatedly is more in the mix. So if you're someone who trains jiu-jitsu regularly, doing rope climbs and doing things that require you to grip forcefully, you know, anywhere from eight to ten times in a row, that's ideal. And if you're trying to really get like an elite level of, of grip strength, then you can go to the maximal. But if you're somebody who doesn't even go to the gym, you know, you don't even lift weights, you don't even look at weights, you just love jiu-jitsu because it's so fun – a good place to start is the strength, endurance, and the grip. But uh, for you, Joe, you've done a bit of rope climbing in your time. When our good friend Pavol was here, mm. Pavol's a, a wrestler, a human, just a beast, beast of a human. Real specimen, that kid. Man, love, lovely guy as well. You guys were doing rope climbs se- semi-reg. I think you guys were even doing timed rope climbs at some point. Is that right? Yeah, it was a bit of a Friday afternoon thing. Bit of fun. We used to do it in the gym way back. We had like a Friday afternoon rope climb club. Oh, cool. And it was just like whoever shows up, four o'clock, we're climbing the rope. Nice. Yeah, I've always liked it for mm. upper body strength. And it's kind of one of those things that it's really hard when you don't do it regularly. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? But when you, when you do it regularly, it's like it's still hard, but it always feels really good. Yes. It's such an excellent movement. Grips for me are not something that I've ever felt particularly strong at. Sure. Um, you know, just in terms of when I'm like, say, single arm hanging and stuff like that. And when I, when I used to work on the one arm chin up. I always found that the grip would fatigue quickly. And then I've trained with others who that's just not a factor for them. Sure. I really like the rope climb for that. I suppose for me, that sort of thing is probably as close as I get to doing specific grip work. Maybe it's a bit of laziness or a bit of like, uh, you know, whatever. I probably should finish this workout with some grip specific training. (laughs) I'll pick it up tomorrow. (laughs) Classic. But But I think it's also, we've talked about this before in terms of, you know, uh, we actually talked about last week uh, balancing out the grip because we spend so much time gripping in jiu-jitsu that it's very common for us to to stay with our curled, gnarled, talon hands that we don't spend time opening up. Me personally, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, Joe, when you're doing any kind of hand balancing or putting your hands on the floor, you've got to stretch your hands. You've got to stretch your forearms uh, because essentially if you're doing handstands or hand balancing – your hands are your feet, right? Yeah. So being able to open up your hands is, is super important. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of built into the position. 
Right. So I think because you're pretty well rounded in that way that you, you're not just doing jujitsu, you're doing these other things. You've probably put greater importance on being able to do that. And that's probably made your elbows and wrists healthier as a result. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point, I suppose. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I don't care about that. fuck handstands no (laughs) i'm just gonna do rock climbing captains of crush grip pick up stones give me the gnarled hands because when i grab your collar boy i'm gonna tear off your neck talk to me about that idea a lot of you know rock climbing it's real cool these days um it's even only cooler now since it's been in the olympics oh mate man tell you what the hipsters at the park are gonna be on mental dude but for jujitsu people who rock climb, and we know I know a bunch who do it, so do you. And it's and I always think, ah, oh, fuck. If I'm looking for an activity to do outside of jujitsu, it is not rock climbing, right? Because it's kind of the same on the grips. Like it, in a it sense, is. It's is similar. There, is there benefit there, or do you think that that's potentially just overcooking this whole structure? It is, folks. I think yes to both questions. There is benefit there, but also it is overcooking. So yeah. I'm treading a fine line. Yeah, uh, I think this is where we could say a difference between myself and someone else is I, every morning I'm going to, you know, stretch my forearms. You know, every day I'm going to take care of business to deal with all the stuff I hit my body with. Business. <laughs> but you, you out there, you might be like, oh, Sunday, hey, I heard everybody's going down to the, you know, bouldering gym sounds cool. After the open mat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to get more of that in you. I think what we're looking at is if somebody is only training jiu-jitsu twice a week, three times a week at most, doing a bit of bouldering, it's not the worst thing in the world because it requires lower body mobility. Uh, It reminds you that you probably need to lose five kilos because your ass is too big and it's pulling you off the wall. That's how I feel every time. Um, uh, All these skinny hipster kids killing me. But it's fun. It's problem solving. So I feel like even though they seem very different in terms of pursuit – there are crossover elements in terms of lower body flexibility, upper body grip. So if someone said, what is some good training I could do for jiu-jitsu other than jiu-jitsu? I would say, hey, like, you know, doing a session of bouldering once a week isn't the worst. But if you are not prepping your forearms, prepping your wrists, stretching your upper body over a period of time, you probably are going to get more jacked up. If we put this on balance, doing grip training for jiu-jitsu will help you and there's nothing like when you roll with somebody who's got an unbreakable grip you're just like i'm i'm gone i can't what can i do here i can't this yeah it's awful it's it's the worst feeling and that could be you you could be that guy but we this is where i think you might be leading and i'm not sure is too much of a good thing you know to overdose yeah overdose and i i think the difference for me is i've been lifting weights kind of four or five times a week for a long time and uh, if i don't do something that requires me to squeeze the life out of it i don't feel <laughs> as calm <laughs> i need to be able to crush something with my hands if we're taking a more balanced perspective um if you're already training jujitsu you know four or five times a week you're probably killing your grips anyway so but if you're somebody who's not training jujitsu quite as much and you're thinking my grips suck what can i do i think there's some very simple things that you can do that are going to improve your grip. And I think the first first thing that you can do if you're struggling with your grip, hanging of any description, yeah. um, doing some carrying, farmer's walk carry, whether it's asymmetrical or two kettlebells in, in, or one kettlebell in each hand for a time under tension. 
now not everybody's got a rope but uh i mean you've you've done a bit of work with rings joe and rings is a pretty grip heavy piece of equipment right yeah yeah i guess they are say when i do like a bit of a ring routine where it's a very long set Mm. i suppose the only difference there is that because you're moving from being under the rings to being on top you go from a grip position to a support position. Right. You go from like Yeah, from like pulling to, to pushing. Right. And when you and that and that's giving you a break. Oh, okay. And I've been, you know, watching the Olympics, you're watching these cats do oh that and you're like, holy shit, but there's these mo- like, you know, <laughs> this is not to detract from the absolute <laughs> those, immense difficulty those of what plebs. they're doing. <laughs> Look yeah. at them. Iron cross. They're being lazy up there. Jesus. But you know, but they're but they're moving through these different positions and so that's taking pressure off any one. Right. Actually, just on that, what what really impressed me as an event was the pommel horse. Okay. Because there's no rest from this constant pushing. Yeah. They're constantly pushing down. Yeah. Maybe they're pushing behind or they're pushing in front. Triceps. But they're pushing the whole time. The whole time. You know what I mean? Whereas you look at the rings, it's like they're pulling, now they're pushing, now they're pulling in this way, now they're pushing here, now they're in a handstand. Like right. it's constantly changing the vector on the shoulder. Ah, uh, okay. I was like, that fucking pommel horse would suck. <laughs> you know, it's just one yeah. minute and your hips are just swinging the whole time, you know? Right. I, I always thought of the rings as being harder. I mean... Look, from a, I think from a, from a strength perspective and in terms of the range of positions and strength required, yeah, the rings is unmatched. As hard as it gets, yeah. yeah. They're all uniquely different and difficult in their own way, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. There's plenty of people out there who could probably only do one pull-up or one chin-up, you know, and they're like, far out. I'm not really getting enough work here to get any kind of strength benefit. The way that I often get people building up to that is look at a, you know, a 45-degree ring row or like a very staged ring row, horizontal ring row, get people's horizontal pulling better. And, you know, the longer they're there, they, they are working that grip. Yep. How about yourself, man? Yeah, look, we got the same idea on that. Um, I think another good option is to use eccentrics. Yes. Right, so jumping up to the top of the, the chin-up oh, and then like lowering yourself lowering. with control. Yep. And maybe you could do a couple of reps. For, for the people who can only do like a handful of repetitions, whether it's full pull-ups or a couple of eccentrics, but if you can only get a couple, a really good way to approach it is to move away from like the four to five sets approach, which is what we can use with the majority of our strength training. Sure. But for something like that, I like to look at it from total reps per workout. Yes. So for someone doing chin-ups, and, and let's say for, for a female who's like maybe just cracked through, got their first chin-up. Yep. But the idea of doing like five sets of five, they're not there yet. No. So for that person, I would say, look, get me a single rep, but get me 10 reps this workout. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you do in between. You can rest for as long as you need to. Yeah. Uh, you can superset it with your other exercises, whatever, and they get 10 reps. And then, the, you know, next week, all right, let's try to get 12. Yeah. And you just try and build that volume slowly. Yes. Until you get to a point where you can get about 20 reps. Yeah. Then you're talking, all right, let's do a set of two. Yes. And now we can go to five sets of two, five sets of three. Then it falls back into that sort of conventional strength realm. It's a chunkable, attainable thing. And the whole time their grip is getting stronger. Exactly. And nice. this is, you know, to JT's point about time under tension, it's like, getting the total amount of work done per session if you are getting that exposure to grip work your grip is going to be getting stronger yeah definitely i mean obviously you know we have the program and stuff but how do you like to incorporate the grip work into a workout do you start your workout with grip training or is it something that you spread throughout is it tacked on at the end i would generally say fresher is better so the first thing that will go on you from a fatigue perspective is grip 
Smaller muscles, faster uh, yeah, to fatigue. Ner- nervous system tension. So uh, I actually learned this from my friend James Ross. Shout out uh, James Ross of the Richmond Gym. Much love. He's saying that when they're uh, testing athletes for the NFL, they have to do a grip strength test and they have to do a vertical jump before they work out. And essentially... Oh, it's neurological yeah, testing? Yeah. So before they do their weight training, they have to do their vertical jump and their maximal grip strength. If either of those doesn't match up, like if it's not equal to... Like their baseline. Or better, they're not allowed to do that workout. Mm. They actually have to do a B workout. And uh, obviously those guys are competitive. They do what they can. And, uh, but it is feedback. If I have a, um, someone coming in for a bulletproof session and I kind of notice in their warm-up their grip is a bit sucky, like I get them to do some active hangs or scat pulls and they're kind of falling off a bit soon and I'm thinking, oh, the grip's not right. And then I say, oh, let's do some hops or some jumps and the power's not there, then I know they're not ready. They're right. not recovered. In terms of looking at a session, even for myself, if I'm like, right, today's a big day and I want to do bottoms up press, I'm going to put it first. Even if I've got to do deadlifts, I find that how much the bottoms up press smokes your grip from just squeezing as hard as you can, I need to do that when I have my most energy. Trying to do that at the end, I'm not going to get a good result. I'm not going to get good quality movement, and I'm actually not going to get better at making all those muscles work together. Right. So I would prioritize that kind of maximal gripping, whether it's, um, you know, captains of crush or bottoms up press or a a heavy deadlift obviously you build up to it but the thing that goes first is is the thing that's connecting you to the load which is your hands and your forearms so prioritize that if you're trying to improve it prioritize it makes sense i think um something something handy you know on the hanging piece and i've been thinking about this because we're training at the outdoor gyms at the moment yeah so the the tricky part and i'm sure a lot of people can identify with this when you go to the outdoor gym you jump up, you grab the bar, and it's like each outdoor gym is unique. They've got different lengths bars. Some of them are like polished steel and really sure. slippery. Some of them are like painted and the paint's chipping off. Yeah, yeah, they're just different. But what's consistent is that there's always been a bunch of greasy-handed motherfuckers <laughs> slipping around on them. Oh, and it's almost like everyone's eating kebabs and then jumping straight <laughs> up on the bar because the bars are fucking slippery, right? <laughs> they are. And often you can get there and you can be like, you know, you're going to do your set of whatever and you jump up and you're like, oh my God, I can only hold this for like half of what I would yeah, normally, right? You bet. And it's easy to whinge about that and be like, oh, I fucking just can't use it or whatever. Sure. But it's actually an opportunity sure. to be like, well, it's a harder grip game today, make it work. That's it. Um, and I think that that's a really important thing for rounding your development. The other part of it that people often get caught up on is the the pain on the skin. Yeah, it's not it's not nice. Yeah, and this is this happens more so uh, definitely when you're hanging, less so when you're like carrying things by the side, by right? By the side, yeah. But when you're hanging, you often feel like the skin on your hands is going to well, rip, especially if you're losing. Like you start with a full grip, but as you fatigue, it, it's slipping and it's gathering your skin up. You're like, oh my god. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, and I mean, uh, what I tell folks when they go up to hang on the bar for this, you know, I'm introducing them to this exercise, and they go, "That hurts my hands." Good. There's, yeah, you, the skin on your hands is weak. Like that's yeah. what it's telling you. It's like, yeah. man, you just got weak skin, and that's fine because it's going to get stronger. It will through this, um, but it's something we got to acknowledge. Yeah. What I try and advise people to do there is change up what part of your hand you're placing on the bar. Yep. So you're getting a bit of variation and try to grip bars and objects of different size and texture. I agree. Tree branches, yep. skinny bars, thick no, bars. No thumb, like a hook grip. Use the thumb. Exactly. Just changing, just that small change, guys. If you're holding the bar, 
gripping with your thumb, it's actually technically harder but more beneficial than if you just take a hook grip and don't use your thumb. This is actually more efficient for your tendons and ligaments. I got a funny story relative to that, the slippery greasiness. So when we first started training kettlebells with my coach, Ifim, he told us about the high, like when they were training in the military, they would get uh, pig's blood and they would splatter it all over their guns and their hands for bayonet training and all this stuff that it was like sticky and then kind of slippery as well. And they were struggling and then they would even throw water uh, on it when it was freezing cold. So they had to deal with a half frozen gun and holy shit. Yeah. Crazy stuff. You know, this is eighties in Russia. And so he said that some of the top kettlebell lifters, cause we used to chalk, we used to put so much chalk on our hands so that we wouldn't tear our hands off and callous and whatever. And he was like, ah, like, yeah, use chalk. He's like, yeah, in, in Russia, we put means. It's like put blood. It's more slippery. It's hot. It's like, <laughs> if him, that's bullshit, man. They put blood on their hands before they did the kettlebell Yeah, they get work? mints. They put like meat mints. Oh, shit. And then do kettlebell snatches. And my friend James Ross actually uses a glove, like a slippery material glove, not to protect his hands, to make it harder to hold on to. Really? So he actually has to grip harder. One time I was trying to be, <laughs> I was trying to be cocky. Because I was dying. We were doing a snatch ladder and uh, we're getting real, it got kind of, you start at like 12 kilos and work your way up certain reps, certain whatever. I'm up to 32. And I said to Ephim, I said, hey, Ephim, give me some mints. I started like trying to flex. And he was like, well, Jimmy, what, you're be- you, what's wrong with your breath? You need some mints. <laughs> and I was like, no, you missed the point, Ephim. I mean, oh, fuck it, don't worry about it. <laughs> He didn't understand at all. (laughs) Totally missed the reference. Look, I think gripping is hard enough as it is. And like you're saying, Joe, you're out in the park, you're doing pull-ups and stuff. It can be really challenging. And the thing I always lament is that my hands aren't tougher. Mm. Like whenever I climb the rope, I'm always like, ah, my pussy hands. Yeah. Like I feel like my muscles could be strong enough, but my hands really ache. I'm like, oh, if only I had like steel hands. No, I just wish... I wish, and it only comes over time, guys. Like you, you can't, you can't speed that process up. If you try and go too hard too soon, you will t- tear your hands. Yeah, and then there's no gripping for anybody. And that actually happened to a very famous jujitsu guy I know who started doing CrossFit, doing kipping chin ups, and completely tore his palm. Oh, couldn't. Train who was him. the guy? Can't say. Famous alliance guy. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, because it was like, oh, CrossFit's hard. It's good, and yeah, there's value to CrossFit, but he was sweating and he was competitive and he's like, I don't want to lose this. And I mean, he was trying to get better for jujitsu. He couldn't train for three weeks, almost completely tore his whole palm. Fucking hell. Rough. Yeah. I've gone through that CrossFit stage of tearing hands and it's just, yeah, it's not worth it. It's not as beneficial as it would seem, right? Like in the moment. Yeah. It's like, Oh, this is cool. But then it's like, well, actually you just fucked your training for the next like half a month. So how, how helpful was it? That's right. Yeah. But uh, all right, guys, well, I think we'll leave it there. We can get into more detail. And if you have more questions, we will answer them, which leads me into question time. We got uh, two voicemails that have come through the website today. Thank you. First one here is from Ryan. I'm going to play this right now. Hey, guys, just wondering what your favorite neck warm-up is for jiu-jitsu or is the classic nodding side-to-side left and right neck warm up the way to go. All right. So uh, just to, just to be clear for anyone who's not sure that classic neck warm up that Ryan's talking about is when you're lying on your back happens in the warm ups, and it's like chin to chest, 20 reps or thereabouts, then chin to shoulder 
and then ears to shoulder. Yeah, and like it's it's hard. Yeah, and it's it's a great little kind of triple set. Yeah, your thoughts, JT? I I feel that the, yeah, there is validity in that, right? Yes, the, the yes and no's is a good way to build up. Some kind of like it's kind of like doing a push up for strength. It's like yeah. yeah, it's one part of it. It's one part, but really, I guess the thing I've learned over time is what the best way to strengthen your neck is to teach the muscles of your like of your upper back and and the, the front of your chest to keep your neck in one spot. So it's not about necessarily generating movement. It's about teaching those muscles to brace to keep it in a good position, whether that's against like a degree of uh, band resistance. Like we, we actually have a good YouTube video showing how we can strengthen the neck. But doing the best analogy I can draw is like an isometric where you are actually creating tension and holding that for a period of time and bracing those muscles. So not necessarily a bridge, not like a wrestler's bridge per se, but one of the exercises that I do with uh, my guys as a warm-up before we wrestle is getting one partner to put a bit of tension, like a, in a collar tie, and the person just has to push back against it for three or four seconds, and then they've got to step out. And just engaging their upper back, their neck, all through their traps to just brace and keep their neck in a good strong position, good posture, and then ducking out. And just getting little intermittent bursts of isometric tension to keep the neck in good alignment. I think this is possibly where people go wrong because they're like, oh, I can load up my neck in a flexed position and then just extend my way out of it. And that's where you can you know, bulge discs and do things like that. So me personally, when I'm warming up my neck, as much as I do a bit of movement work, I'll do a little bit of isometric contraction work just to make sure everything's fired up to keep my neck in a safe spot. And you can do that real easy. You've showed me with a band, right? You can get a small band, you can attach it to something that's head height, yep. put it around the head and then just walk away from it, either sort of on the front so it's pulling your head back or you can change your positions yep. and just holding that position against resistance for like yep. 20, 30 seconds, right? Yeah, you sets. kind of walk back against it, but you don't move your head. You're not like doing Yeah, rest. you're just staying straight. You're just staying straight, bracing and then moving away to add resistance. You don't have to pay $850 for an iron neck. Just saying. It'd be sick to have one, but yeah, but it's a little it's, bit too expensive. Yeah, I mean, I was going to get one. I was like super keyed up. Um, my partner was going to get me one. You know, we're in the US. It's 2019. She's like, oh, I'll get you an iron neck. Even if you're in the US and you're not having to pay to ship it to Australia, it's still going to cost you like almost a grand. Yeah, right. And there's a much simpler ways to get your neck stronger. So we'll hit that low-hanging fruit. And look, I suppose the only downside to um, like this chin to chest lifts, which are, which are really handy, but the downside to them is in jujitsu, you're already doing a lot of strength work where you're tucking your chin in, like when you're defending chokes and that kind of thing. So you build a lot of tension through the muscles at the front and, of the neck. And even sitting up in guard. Like I actually find if I'm in guard for too long, trying to... Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Jutting like, your head forward. Yeah, reefing forward. Scalenes and SEM getting jacked. Yeah, and that, that can really cause a lot of problems for your posture, for your jaw health, for your neck. And, and so you don't necessarily want to go and just make those even stronger. And they already are getting quite a bit of work in a jiu-jitsu session. So attacking some of these other positions like JT mentioned is really important for that. Agreed. I also posted a video on the Instagram a couple of weeks ago, which was like some handy neck mobility drills. <laughs> Ryan I love it. That video is fantastic. Yeah, it's, 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 it's almost three-dimensional. It's like I'm coming out of your phone screen into your television room. And, and you laugh now, but I like, try it, guys. I bet you can't even do it. Like, you, you look, look so it, stupid when it you looks, try <laughs> it. Looks, it looks remarkable. Uh, film yourself and tag us because it's... But what you will find is you probably can't do it. 
Like, honestly, like Joe has a strong neck. He has a mobile neck. I am going to, I dare you guys try our neck mobility routine because I was at home doing it. And I'm like, oh, I'm not bad. I wasn't quite as good as Joe, but then I, I, I got my partner to try it. She couldn't do it. She just looked like she doing some weird dance, <laughs> having a fit. So uh, <laughs> I try it out, guys. Uh, next question, anonymous, no name. Oh, okay. Hi, JT. Hi, Joey. My question is, how do you deal with an armbar injury and how do you best strengthen your elbows to handle those armbar injuries? I just find my elbows have not been the same since getting armbarred a while back. And, um, yeah, just wondering what we can do for that. Thanks, guys. Great question. Such a good question. Two parts to that. Yes. If it's like if you got armbarred last night and it got fucking, you know, hyperextended hyperextended it and you're in pain, you go see your physio, you, you find out what's going on. You know, it might just be a bit of a strain to the connective tissue, well, you know, you might need a fucking MRI, whatever, but do that bit first, right? Yes. But let's say you're, let's say you kind of past that stage and I think it's more towards the second part of um, the, the woman's question, which was like, my elbows are just generally like a little bit kind of uh, a bit dicky at that end range and what's your approach there? Uh, I've seen this a bit and I, I've had a similar thing myself. Uh, I was, it was actually as a white belt, I was fighting against an armbar and I thought, oh, I'm fine here in nogi and then my hand just slipped, like oh my hand slipped so i went from safe to snapping uh you know not completely tearing but a partial tear of the kind of medial ligament in my elbow um look there's there's two things that are going to happen when this this occurs forearm is going to tighten up massively because it doesn't want you to go to that end range and in the same way uh your tricep as well it sounds strange but your tricep will tighten so that it can't fully extend mm. so i mean yeah if you're cradling a sore arm, it'll get jacked up in this position and we, we want to get back to a healthy range. But uh, there was another guy, um, Alex Monsalve, who's a very kind of, he's a very high level alliance guy. He couldn't straighten his arms. And I was like, what's going on with this guy? He's a really strong guy, very high level black belt and he couldn't straighten his arms, but he'd never really stretched or treated his triceps. He'd try to stretch his biceps and worked on his forearms a bit, but what can happen is like tissues will just tighten up to protect the joint and then you've actually got to kind of let them know it's okay. Like it's time to let go now. So whether you're getting some soft tissue treatment from a therapist or you're getting in there with a lacrosse ball or, um, you know, you even might just be putting a bit of heat ointment like a a tiger balm or whatever, um, deep heat to try and warm the area up. And then just very slowly taking it into extension and just kind of re-educating the joint to go, it's okay here. Once you've restored that range of motion, then getting stability there. That's the next piece of the puzzle. So most people never take care of that first step, which is getting the healthy range. And then it's getting the joint stronger there, correctly strengthening the triceps to balance out the biceps because we're always pulling. So doing the straightening work and then actually just getting a bit of treatment on the on the the flexor muscles on the inside of the elbow flexor muscles tricep you tick those boxes your elbows are going to feel way better yeah it's that's i couldn't really add too much to that beyond use simple strength training exercises once you've restored that range use bicep curls use tricep extensions like use that standard isolation type stuff for the arm use it before you train and after because it's going to help to warm you up and it's going to bring blood to the area but it's also going to help to restore that stability and like keep it light. 
keep the reps high. And I find that as an approach really works wonders. I know that um, I've had elbow issues from jujitsu, but also from like a lot of strength training. Sure. And whenever I get to a point where my elbows are getting sore from strength training, I do more isolation work for the biceps and the triceps yep. and it fixes the problem for me. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Guys, thank you for the questions. If you have something you want to send through, you can post it, a voicemail for us, bulletproofofbjj.com slash podcast. And there's just a little box there. You hit it, you leave your message, and then we'll play it on a show and answer it back uh, on the next upcoming episode. So send us one through. Uh, there's been some really good ones coming through and we'll have another couple next week. Yes. Anything to add? Not at all. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, legends. Thanks, legends.